This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. All right, welcome back to the fourth installment of the spring 2015 UC Santa Barbara Distinguished Speaker Series. I want to, as always, thank our sponsors, Binac, Faber, Archibald, and Spray, not only for sponsoring us here at UC Santa Barbara, but for, but for offering legal services to startups up and down the central coast of California, uh, a big part of our community. As always, you can follow me on Twitter, at John Greathouse. No rainbows, no kittens, no puppies, just startup stuff. Tonight we have with us Dr. Victoria Halsey. As you are about to see, she is an inspirational trainer, author, and instructional designer. What does she do? She speaks for a living. You guys are not only going to hear fantastic content that I think you, that I know you can absolutely take into your careers when you walk out of this room, but you're also going to see how a professional speaker does it. So take notes on both counts. Don't get an opportunity every day to, to hear someone who speaks to some of the world's largest corporations and actually does this for a living. As vice president of, at, of applied learning at the Ken Blanchard companies, what Vicki does is she goes into organizations and she essentially helps people work together more effectively. You remember a number of our speakers have said, listen, it's not about how smart you are. It's not about what your GPA was. It's really, at the end of the day, it comes down to how well do you work with other people? People that work well with other people tend to succeed. People that don't work well with other people tend to be journalists. No, I'm just kidding. They tend to not... <laughs> I'm a writer, I can say that. They tend to not do as well in business. It really is about working well in teams. And that's what, Vic, that's what Vicky does for a living. She helps people work more effectively in teams. She is a very prolific author. Her latest book, uh, Legendary, um, excuse me, Legendary Service, which I have a copy of right here, um, I love the subtitle, The Key is to Care. It's about keeping your customers coming back. Who wouldn't want to know how to do that? Come on. You work really hard to get a customer. It's even more important to keep them coming back. She's also the award-winning um, creator of Situational Leadership, which is an e-learning program with the Ken Blanchard Companies. She also crafted the Master of Science in Executive Leadership program at the University of San Diego, and that's at the graduate level. So what I really like about Vicky's career is she's an entrepreneur, she is an educator, and she's bringing that into the business arena. So she's not standing in front of a classroom and teaching as an academic. What she's doing is she's standing in front of people whose oftentimes their careers and their jobs and their companies are on the line, and they have to get it right. They have to figure this out. So it's not just esoteric. It's real. It's practical. And that's what you're going to hear tonight. Some of the other books that um, Vicky has written include Brilliance by Design, The Hamster Revolution, as well as The Hamster Revolution for Meetings. She's also the co-author of Leading at a Higher Level. She received her bachelor's degree at, um, in American Studies from the University of California at Davis, her master's degree in Educational Administration from San Diego State University, and her PhD in Educational Leadership from the University of San Diego. Rumor has it that her son is a student at UC Santa Barbara, and rumor has it that he's in the room with us tonight. Let's make him and Vicki proud by giving her a rousing applause.
my gosh. Well, thank you. Because as you look at the title, Choose Success, what have you guys chosen? Success. Everyone say that. Success. What have you chosen? Success. You wouldn't be in this room if you hadn't chosen success. I mean, you think of what it's taken for you to be here today. What people skills, what, what analytic skills, all the different aspects of who you are and what allowed you to be in this room today. Because you think how hard it is to get into a UC today. And then how hard it is to stay and do all the things. Like Evelyn here, chemistry major. Woo! You know, think what that takes to graduate from here. So as you think of all you're about, as you're in an entrepreneurial program, you're going to go out into organizations, you're either going to go out in organizations to work in an organization, or you're going to go out to lead an organization if you're going to start up your own company. Either way, the key differentiator for you is going to be how well you work with people. All right? So as you think about that, how well you work with people, think about this question. What do people who help themselves and others thrive do? What do they do different? People who really help themselves, because everything I'm talking about tonight is for you to use with you as you go out as someone who's going to work for a company and you as a leader who's influencing others. So everything I teach tonight is both about you showing up in the best way you can show up, working with other people to help them show up in the best way they can show up. So what do, and you guys, this is interactive. I want to hear from you. What do great people people do? What do they do? They listen. What else do they do? They remember names. Evelyn. Oh, woo. So um, what else? Yes. They genuinely care about other people. Ah, they genuinely care about other people. Now, as you guys think about this, it is a choice, which is why the title was Choose Success. Being a people person is a choice. When I get brought into organizations... Microsoft, Nike, all of the places I work, Wells Fargo, all of my fabulous clients, Procter & Gamble. I mean, I love these people. And they bring me in because they have a people issue. So I'm not going to be telling you some of the other P's that are critical for you as you go out, which is things like what's the purpose of the organization? How are you making profits? What's your product? All these other things that you do need to know about. What processes allow people to thrive? I'm really going to be talking just about what are the great components of someone, the characteristics of someone that really leverage their talents and help other people do the same. Okay, so people, kind of the queen of acronyms, so I made an acronym out of people. So the first P stands for? Positivity. Okay. What's E for? Now, you guys, just so you know, my background is in neuroscience, and I want you to know when you speak, you actually activate a different part of your brain than when you listen. So you will be talking, you will be doing activities tonight, because I really believe that, I, you know, that as you walk out the door tonight, I want you to just have a few new ideas to move your practice into practice. And that's the practice of being the best you you can be, as well as helping other people be the best them they can be. So... What was the first P? Positivity. E? Emotion. O? 
P. L. And education. So these are critical components. All right, let's talk first of all about when you think about people in organizations, who are the people in organizations? Okay, so people, there are you when you're working there. There are internal customers. Those are the people you work with. And there's external customers. Now, you have to remember one very critical thing, especially as you think about entrepreneurship. And I bet all of you will, will, will resonate with kind of the little story I'm going to tell. Write this down. Customers fuel business. Now, isn't that a clever thing to know when you're going out to start your own business or work for a business? How many of you have ever gone somewhere that they absolutely have forgotten the fact that customers fuel business? Have you ever shopped somewhere? Have you ever eaten somewhere? Have you ever gone somewhere where they just fundamentally do not get it? We had a new little restaurant, and I'll call it Vegan Vegan, just so that you know I'm not incriminated. It was not called Vegan Vegan. But anyhow, so I'm pretty fired up <laughs> that there's this new restaurant, and it's vegan. And I convinced my husband and his friend, we're going to go to this restaurant. They're like, no. I'm like, come on, let's go. Well, we walk into this restaurant. Now, it has only been open two days. We walk in, and there is a lady behind a podium, and she's looking very busy. Now, just know there is only one other table that has people at it in this restaurant. But this woman is busy. She's very busy, very busy with her eraser and her dry erase pen. And she says, like that to us. Like, really? Like, two people in the restaurant and you're not treating us like a rock star? I mean, we're here. You need to look up from that sucker and say, yes, I have customers. You want to practice that in case you're ever in that position? Are you ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Yes, I have customers. And treat everyone like a rock star. Because if you don't, what is going to happen? Like what happened to Vegan Vegan. It is where? Gone, gone. No more Vegan Vegan. Didn't even eat, get to eat there because what did the two guys say to me once they were sort of rudely treated? Let's go. That's it. I didn't even get to eat there. So anyhow, the moral of that story is as you go out into the world of work, remember, internal customers serve external customer. But your number one customer is you. You have got to take care of yourself so you can turn around and take care of the people that work with you so that they can turn around and take care of external customers. So, oh, by the way, on this slide, the reason I have self and others, remember, everything I'm going to be talking about, I want to apply it to you personally and you as a leader. You personally and you as a leader of others. All right, so our first P is? Positivity. This is what separates people who people want to be around from those that they kind of don't want to be around. All right, let's think about positivity for a minute. What I'd like you to do, I'm going to do a little exercise. So remember, everything's going to be a little interactive. So you're going to turn to someone who's sitting by you and introduce yourself. But you're going to do it as if you have something much more important to do. Like you really aren't interested in introducing yourself. You really have a lot going on here. But say hello to them real quick, 10 seconds each. Just say hi, but you have something. Meet at least two or three people around you. But you are a very important person, and you don't have time to do this. Go. Okay, not marvelous. Okay, now round two, let's do a do over. 
This time I want you to turn around, maybe look somewhere and introduce yourself to someone as if they're the reason you're here tonight. Something this person's going to share with you at some point in your life is going to change your life. Are you ready? Introduce yourself to someone that's going to change your life. Go! Hi, Ryan. I'm Vicki. Nice meeting you. I can't wait to learn more about you. Thank you. Hi! deconstruct what just happened. How many of you like to deconstruct things? Very exciting. We're going to deconstruct this. Okay. So which of those two interactions over the long haul in your life would be better ones to have? The first one or the second one? Second one. What happened differently the second time? Eye contact. You were treated like a person. Ooh, you were treated like a person, like an important person. Ooh. What else? What was different the second time? Enthusiasm. Yeah. Positivity. Attention. Attention. Yeah. Now, as you think about this, what is the only thing you changed to create a better second experience? The only thing you changed from the first experience to the second experience? Your attitude. You chose a different interaction. You guys, your thoughts create and drive your physiology and create your experience. Your thoughts drive your physiology and create your experience with other people. If you want to have positive experiences, you go into that experience expecting the best. Now, when you deal with people, you have three choices. As you work for organizations or as you're a leader. One choice, you can suck the energy right out of a conversation. How many of you have... Someone you know that could suck the energy right out of the conversation. You know what they do, right? Or a meeting. They walk into a meeting. It's like everything just drains right out of the room. That's a choice we all make. We can be drainers. Or we can be someone that energizes situations, that brings energy. Or we can leave it the same. Three choices. So as you think about this, which choice do you want to make to be what kind of person? Positive? Someone that energizes? Yeah. Now, let's talk about your physiology for a minute. So what you're going to do right now, you have 20% more energy to the brain when you're standing. How many need that little energy boost right now? A little 20% energy boost. How fun is that? Stand up. Ah, do you feel it? little brain boost? Okay, so here's what you're going to do. You can either just, like, if there's three of you or whatever, but you want a partner, all right? So you probably have to put your laptops, like, or no, don't even do that. Have you, the ones that are holding your laptop for dear life, don't lose that laptop, but just look at someone else doing this. So we need a couple people, like, that are A's, that other people are going to watch do something, and a B. We need an A and a B, kind of get a lot of A's and B's, okay? Get a partner. Everyone? You have a partner? Okay. Thank you. Okay, here's the situation. You are going to watch how your thoughts impact your physiology. So A's, be careful not to knock someone out, but stick your arm out. Okay, A's, stick your arm out. All right, 
Where's your B? Is that your B? Oh, then you have to stick the other arm out. There you go. <laughs> you have to stick your arm out so B has impact on it. All right, here's what you're going to do. You have to really go for this A. I want you to picture like the worst time of your life and say, I am a big loser. Man, I can't do anything right. Bees, push their arm gently and watch what happens to their arm. Just gently push their arm. What, oh, I'm such a loser. I can't do anything right. Oh. All right. Stop. Beautiful. Okay, now stick your arm up again. Now, I want to hear this so that the neighbors, the people in the building next to us hear it. A's, I want you to say, I am nature's greatest miracle. There is no one like me. Go. Your thoughts drive your physiology and create your experience. How many of you ever talked yourself into being sick? You wake up and it's like, I'm feeling a little sick, getting a little sick. How are you at like noon that day? Yeah, I'm really tired. I think I better skip that glass, man. I'm really going down in flames. What happens if at like 3 o'clock someone says, you know, Let's say you love you too, and you can't believe it, but someone goes, I have front row tickets to you too. What happens to your sickness if that's your favorite group? It's like some kind of miracle happens, and all of a sudden you are in great shape. Yes, I'm going to go see them. Our thoughts drive our physiology and create our experience with other people. So think positive thoughts about yourself, about others, because they create your experience. As you look at this quote, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. You really do have a powerful impact on your destiny. Now, Sean Aker is someone I just adore. He's one of the best people. If you haven't seen his YouTube on positivity, on creating you know, happiness, his book, The Happiness Advantage, it's an amazing book. And what I love about it, he says, so often we think, if I am successful, I will be happy. But what is the truth of the matter? If you're happy you will create success. People who have a positive well-being, people who score life, I mean, high on the life satisfaction test, literally are like 21% more more productive than other people. There is a reason to take your life and be someone who is happy in your life. So how does he suggest that you do that? It's actually easier than we think. He says, keep a happiness journal. So keep a happiness journal. So every night, as you're kind of land in the plane, ready to go to bed, you write down, what were the three things today that made me happy? And you want to put why. Because you put the why, because if you said going to the movies was fun today, it, it really is why because it was with my friends. So what you realize is it's not going to movies that make you happy. What was it? Going with my friends. Having that quality time with my friends. So that's critical for you guys as you think about this. And then what you're going to do is you're going to write down the three things that make you happy and why. And then how are you going to create a happy life? Do more of what makes you happy. Yeah, very interesting sort of backwards way of looking at that. So that's your call to action. Everything that I'm talking about here has a little call to action. All right, emotions. What was the first P? 
Positivity. Choosing positivity. Choosing positive regard. Choosing to, to, to create a space where other people ping off of you. Because by the way, I could have put my arm up here and had John come up here on the stage. If you all thought, what a loser, man. She is the worst speaker we've ever had. My arm would go down. Because you give off electromagnetic waves that impact everyone around you. But if you all thought, oh my God, best speaker I've ever had, which I know you're thinking. But anyway, you couldn't have moved my arm. Okay, so you impact everyone around you. Have any of you ever sat by someone and had to move? Like you just sort of felt the bad juju from them, right? <laughs> you were like, this person's giving off something that I'm not interested in. This is what happens at work. You help other people create the life that they want. All right, E is for? Emotions. People who are incredibly successful have learned how to be aware of and manage their emotions and be aware of and manage the emotions of others. Now, we often hear that IQ is the greatest predictor of success. And IQ is important. You guys are in this room, many of you because of your IQ. Right? Smart? How many of you are smart? There should be more hands up. Okay. (laughs) So smart, capable people. But what research has shown over time is the greatest predictor of long-term success is IQ and EQ. EQ stands for emotional quotient, your emotional intelligence. Now, think about you going to work. What role do emotions play? And maybe it's just even at school here. What role do emotions play in whether you get something done or not? If you have sort of negative emotions about something you need to get done, how does that impact? Motivation, big time. Yes, your motivation. And what does your motivation impact? Your, your, your motivational outlook impacts what? Quality of work. The quality of work. So you guys, interestingly enough, it's, it's people who manage their emotions and really tap into a positive motivational outlook that are higher in terms of success. Now, you guys, I work for the Ken Blanchard companies. A lot of what I said is on our website. So if you're like, I'm interested in that, look up motivational outlook. Look up optimal motivation. There's free white papers, a whole bunch of free webinars, everything on a lot of the topics I'm teaching. If you say, I want to know more about that. How do I help people have a positive motivational outlook? That's on our website. Okay. So, emotions. Knowing your emotions and being able to regulate them. Knowing the emotions of others and being able to regulate them. Now, I can't take, because this is like a three-day course, so I don't have three days, unless anybody's, I'm I'm good, I'm game, are you guys? All right, so maybe I'll try and zip through. I thought I'd just help you, in this case, work with yourself. Think about your emotions. What is going to be best for maintaining quality relationships with others due to your ability to manage your emotions. How many of you have ever said something to someone and you sort of wish you could like have a reverse, you know, like, and you went away almost after you said it? Anyone? Yeah. All right. So here's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about calling AAA. All right. Why do you call AAA if... Your car breaks down. Exactly. Well, in this case, you're going to call AAA when you know there's something going on with emotions. So can anyone recognize what this is from a distance? It's actually a package of turkey burger. I call this the great turkey burger story. It is going to teach you all about emotions. How many excited? Woo! 
Tell us, tell us the turkey burger story, please. Please. Ow! All right, so the great turkey burger story. So I have been teaching a day of emotional intelligence. I get home, I'm kind of tired, and my four boys, I really only had two, but the neighbors lived at my house, so I had four boys at all times. Okay, so my four boys are like, we want to go to the crab pot. And I'm like, the crab pot? It's like a million dollars. You know, lobster, crab, those things are expensive. And they're like, please. I'm like, all right, I don't want to make dinner anyway. So we leap in the car, we're off to the crab pot, I spend my life savings, and we decide (laughs) that we need milk, because no house, you know, without milk and cereal can thrive with four boys. So we're going to stop at Albertsons on the way home. So we go running into Albertsons. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to teach now. I'm getting a little tired here, kids. No worries. We're going to, they're throwing everything in the cart, you know, take advantage of the tired mother and, um, you know, buy what you want. So we're checking out. And the checker says, you know what? You buy one turkey burger, you get one free. Woo. So I look at my son. I go, hey, go get a turkey burger. He says, no. I'm like, no. Go get the turkey burger. No. No. I look, and, and I'm like, you know, so I thought, okay, this is an emotion. Um, I look at Alan. I'm like, Alan. He's like, on it. That's the neighbor. Runs to get the turkey burger. Well, now, what emotions am I feeling right then? Just, just imagine what I'm probably, anger. What? Annoyance. Annoyance, frustration, all sorts of things. Now, those typically anger is a presenting emotion. You know something worse is going on than anger. Okay, anger's the first one. Then you've got to figure out what's really going on. So since I had just taught it, I thought to myself, well, isn't this a clever thing that I can practice what I preach right <laughs> right now? So instead of choking the kid, I can think, well, what might be going on? And so I said to myself, what are you really feeling? Just right there in the moment. And I thought, you know what? I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed in front of this checker. I've never met this checker in my life. And I'm embarrassed in front of the checker. And I'm also a little disappointed. Okay, so fast forward, I've paid my thing and we're walking out the door. We don't even get out the door. And I look at my kid and I'm like, what just happened? I said, I'm so, I'm kind of embarrassed. I'm a little disappointed. And he's like, I know. He goes, I don't know what happened. He goes, I pictured the refrigerator and the freezer. There's not room for a grape, let alone, let alone a package of turkey burger. Well, now, why is that a healing moment? What just happened? He was, he was trying to be considerate in some ways. Yes. So he was trying to be considerate. There's no room for turkey burger. All right? But what if I'd been a typical, you know, harried mother and gotten all mad and said, you you know, ungrateful son of a, you know what, you know what, can't you get to whatever? I never asked for anything. Have you seen all of this from your parents? <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, <laughs> so, but the thing that was so amazing about it, he goes, I am so sorry. He goes, that won't happen again. And I go, oh, that is so great. We aren't even at the car and what's happened to this whole scene. Everything's what? Resolved. Resolved. We're cranking the music up, singing, everything else. You guys, this sounds like a ridiculous story, but it is critical to your success that you can take, when you have a powerful emotion, you can say to yourself, I'm having a strong emotion here. Then you can say, what am I really feeling before you act? This is really important for all of you. Imagine, my greatest, you know, love is my children. 
I want to preserve those relationships. I don't want to break them down. And when you leverage emotional intelligence, you actually build relationship. I mean, I feel like that was just another great example of a fabulous relationship that we have with each other because we handled that so well. That's the gift of leveraging emotions. Because if you're aware and you really figure out what you want, then you take action. Okay, so leverage the power of emotions. A lot of people think it's a weakness to share what you're feeling. But people know that's not true. In organizations today, you need to be comfortable with emotions. So look up emotional intelligence. Take one of the free tests. There's a lot of them. Figure out where would I like to work. Okay, so what was the first P? E. Okay, objectives. People who work with people are very clear about what they're trying to achieve. As you think about this image, did he have a clear vision, a clear objective? And why was that so important? All these people, did they like his objective? What was even more important than them liking his objective was the fact it resonated with what? their objective, who they want to be in life. It's what mobilized him. Not his dream, but the dream he had that tapped into their dream that made them want to make it a reality. So this is very important as you think about either starting your own business or working for a business. Now, we worked with San Diego Padres when they opened Petco Park. 3,500 guest service representatives were going to get trained in customer service, legendary service. But before we did that, I, was, I asked them, now, tell me what business you're in. This is a question you want to answer. What business are you in as you go out there to start a business? Now, here's the interesting thing. The senior leaders, we worked for a day. When they came in the room, they were in the sports entertainment business. Sports entertainment. Now, I was thinking to myself, hmm, if I'm taking tickets... Or if I'm selling drinks, I'm in the sports entertainment business. Does that do anything for me? Do I feel like that links with my passion? Like Martin Luther King, I have a dream. Is it linking to my dream? No. So we worked all day. And when they walked out, they were in the major league memory business. What's the difference? If you're running an organization with 3,500 people, what, is, what now are 3,500 people trying to do? Create what with their customers? Major League Memories. They all know what it is so they can all be in alignment. This is critical. What business are you in that everyone can align with? So in my case, I work for a guy, Ken Blanchard. Ken Blanchard Companies. The mission of the company, to unleash the power and potential of people. Well, how cool is that? My personal mission is to help people claim their, their brilliance, their greatness. We're going the same direction. That's what you want. You want to know, what do I stand for? So when I'm looking for a job, I can look up their mission. And know, is this organization in alignment with who I want to be? And look at their values, their vision. All this really helps you know, am I going to be in the right place? So to do that, we have a very fast, very fast Write your own vision statement. How many of you knew that was going to happen tonight? You were going to get to write your own vision statement? Yeah, you, you, right? Absolutely. Like, I'm like, woo! So, you could go to Tony Robbins for a week to write your personal vision, and this is the world's fastest five minute personal vision statement. Okay, are you ready? Everyone needs a pen or your computer, something to write on. So, the first thing 
Right here is the direction. List two positive characteristics that describe you. So you're going to put those in a sentence. I am going to use my blank and my blank. So the best of who I am. I have analytic skills. I have energy. My passion for leadership and my enthusiasm. That might be me. What about you? Write that down. Just two things that you think, this is the best of who I am. People would say, I have what? What do you have that you think makes you you? I'm going to use my blank and my blank. Okay. Do you have two? Now you want the next two. These are the ways you interact with people. What do you want to do for people? These are verbs. So I'm going to use my blank and my blank to blank and blank people. Educate, inspire, motivate, challenge, teach. What do you really want to do when you're with other people? Think about you, the best of you. What do you do? And what do you want to do for people? What are the verbs? You're going to use your this and this, those are the characteristics, to this and that people. All right? What are those verbs, though? What do you love to do? I love to teach. I love to inspire. I love to, what do you love to do? Because now we're going to put it all together. Write this down. My personal vision is to use my... My personal vision is to use my blank and my blank, put the first two in, to blank and blank people. Now here's your vision. Mine is to help people claim their brilliance, help them claim their greatness, step into their power. What do you want for people after they've engaged with you? What do you really want for them? What do you want? Think about this. This is an opportunity very few people get to really craft a very tight mission statement. To use my this and that to this and that people so they can what? They were walking away and you had done what you want to do as you engage in life. Okay, so... Would you turn to someone and just share your personal vision? Just read your sentence to them and then listen to theirs. Ready, go. Everybody get a partner. You only have like 15 seconds each. Go. That's what I thought. Do you have the mic? Yeah, we're going to run give it to someone to... Okay! Shh. Who heard a really good one? Point to someone who you heard a really good one. Right there. All right. Look at this. It's your lucky day. You get to share with everyone. Uh, I'm going to use my positivity and communication skills to encourage and organize people so they can have a happier life. Oh, nice work. He gets a book. Woo! 
Yeah, baby. Who else heard a good one? Right there. Run. Woot, woot. It's like, let's make a deal. Uh, they don't have that anymore, huh? Okay. Uh, my personal vision is to use my patience and my analytical skills to educate and inspire people so they can be better. Oh, nice. Big round of applause. Woo. One more. Who else heard someone? Oh, right there. Oh, okay. Two more then. We have plenty of little gifties. <laughs> Great sweatshirt. Uh, my personal vision is to use my sense of humor and compassion to elevate and motivate people so they can achieve their wildest dreams. Oh my gosh, big round of applause. All right, we have one more, but you guys, did you hear that? Now, how many of you would like to work for that guy? Literally, raise your hand. You want to work for people who have visions like that. When you're a leader, share with people what your vision is. Because people gravitate and get encouraged by that. Well, I heard one more. I saw one more. One more hand. Right there. Thank you. Here we go. My personal vision is to use my confidence and charisma to motivate and inspire people so they can work harder and more efficiently. Oh, my gosh. That is awesome. So, you guys... This was very quick, but when you work for an organization, you can use this activity. Say, hey, why don't we all write our vision statements at a team meeting and share it with each other? Because people want to know the people they work for. Wouldn't you want to work for this? But he wants to help your life be better, more efficient. This is the difference between people who get people and people who just keep their head down and think, because I'm doing my job, I'm going to be successful. Because I'm doing what people are telling me I'm going to be successful. That is not the case. It is people who gravitate toward and inspire other people that people want to work for and with. Okay, lovely. Why do you want that vision? Because it helps guide you. You guys, this is an important time of your life. You need to be capturing what energizes you. What do you love to do in light of what your vision is? Keep track of these things because those are the things you should offer up organizations. If you know there's something people are asking you to do and it's just killing you, keep offering up to do other things until that thing gets lopped to someone else because what's killing you, someone else might love to do. But you are in charge of aligning what you do with your purpose. All right, the other thing is you attract. People want, once they know what your purpose is, what you're trying to achieve, you attract people who are going to help you. I mean, if I told you I want a little, you know, a really good, um, I want to get a little car, maybe a four-door that gets really good gas miles. I want it a couple years old. I don't want to spend more than $10,000. How many of you, if you were driving along, riding your bike, and you saw a for sale sign on a car like that, would want to call me? How many of you? The rest of you are just lame. That's all I have to say. But how many of you really, if you knew someone wanted something and you saw it, would want to get it for them? Would want to tell them all about it? You guys, that's human nature. It really is. People want to help people. But you have to say what you want or people won't know how to help you. You've got to speak your needs. Okay, and lastly, make sure as you're, as you're setting clear objectives for yourself, you have that mission, that you're focused. If you just get up in the morning and say, what is the one thing I need to get done today? What happens is your neuroscience, your brain, your body is like a heat-seeking missile. The faster it's clear on what to do, 
the faster it wants to rally for you and get it done. The more confused you are, the less your body says, let's do this, because it doesn't know what to do. So that's important. That's why you want to have an objective and stay focused. All right, we're on the next P. So what was the first P? Positivity. E? Emotions. O? Objectives. All right. Next P is? Persistence. All right, I'm going to go pretty fast through this, but I just want to share with you, persistence is a trait that's critical. So who wrote Harry Potter? How many times was her book rejected? Twelve times and three years of rejection letters. But she persisted because she knew her idea was a good one. Because you're going to hear no all the time. Do you know what no can mean? No can mean, I'm hungry. No. Literally. Like you could be with a senior leader who's hungry. You're pitching an idea and they're so hungry they're not even listening to you so they just say no. Here's another one. I have no idea what you're talking about. No. Hey, literally, you've got to be persistent because that's just one person. So no, one of the fun sales guys says no is the starting point of a sale. Right? Someone says no, and you go, well, let's see how we can make that work. And then the person's, oh, okay. <laughs> so just remember that. So persistence pays. So you ready? Let's have a drum roll. This is me in preschool. Oh, yeah, hot babe, huh? I was just reeling them in in those days, let me tell you. All right, so the interesting thing about me in preschool is I got kicked out. I was so excited to go to preschool. I had my, I mean, I was ready. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd ask everybody what's preschool about. I was so fired up to go to preschool. It was very disappointing. You know what was really even more disappointing is they weren't interested in my feedback. <laughs> so they didn't want to know how to make a better preschool. And even though my parents were paying, I got the boot. I think it's because of my bad haircut, personally, but it's altogether possible. It just wasn't a fit. But persistent that I was, I decided, you know what, that was a terrible preschool. Anyway, I'm going to start my own. So just like you entrepreneurs, I started my own preschool in the fort in the backyard. So I had my own preschool. Very important. You don't like the way someone's doing it? This is an opportunity maybe to do it the way you want to do it. Some of you heard a little about my diving. So national champion diver. Well, you don't go from nothing to national champion diver in the blink of an eye. But persistence pays. What did I get in my first few meets? Typically, what does a person that's just starting get? Last. Yeah, last. But you have to stick with your dream and realize, yeah, no, I've got this dream. It's going to happen. We called our publisher. We were so excited about this book. Um, we were going to work with Ken Blanchard on it, his one-minute manager. We thought we'd call this the one-minute knowledge worker. It was going to be a best-selling book. I mean, just amazing. We're on the phone with the publisher. He tells us that is the worst idea I have ever heard. Ever. Like, he didn't have to say ever. He could have just, <laughs> he could have let it go as it was a bad idea. So we hang up, and how are we feeling? A little deflated. I said, all right, and this is a tip for the, of the day also. I think, you guys, if you're ever really upset about something, that's a time to just go to bed. Okay, that's my <laughs> very important philosophy. Go to bed, watch TV, and wait till the next day. So I said, you know what, Just let's just give it up for today, kind of think about what went on. What are some of the things? Because you guys, one other really critical thing, when you get negative feedback, you can go down two paths. One path is the learner path. 
The other path is the judger path. What is that judger path all about? Well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Why me? Nah, 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 nah. And it's all about judging and being negative. The learner path is, what could we learn from this? He, he's like one of the best publishers in the world. He's amazing. What did he tell us? So we went down the learner path, got on the phone the next day, decided that the book that we were really, really, that he was so right, that what we were really aiming for is helping people get off that email wheel and into their life. Because what we were seeing was everyone drowning in email. So this book got translated in like 13 languages, best-selling book, but it would have been non-existent if we had taken no for what? No. Yeah. If we said it was no and that was it? Wouldn't have happened. You've got to just get back on that horse and keep trying. So the only other thing about persistence is sometimes we think we have to do it all ourselves. How many of you are like that? Something's going on, I've got to do it myself. Versus Thomas Leonard says anything worth doing is worth getting help with. So remember that. He, he started coach you. Anything worth doing is worth getting help with. So ask who. Next time you're stuck on something, think who can help me and call that person straight away. All right, leverage the power of people through leadership. Now, I just have a couple things around leadership. I made my first Wordle. Big round of applause for the Wordle. Thank you very much. Yeah, pretty impressive. As you look at the Wordle, what are we thinking leadership is? What's leadership about? Any of those words jump out at you? Initiative. Initiative. Now, that's self-leadership too, right? Taking initiative to get what you want. What else? Inspire. Inspire. A leader is someone that inspires someone to act even when they don't feel like it. So very important as we go into self-leadership. So two aspects of leadership. So once again, I have a little story about my four boys. And it has to do with use powerful language. Using powerful language is your secret to success. In life, in organizations. Asking for what you need. So here's a curious story. So we're coming home from hiking all day. We're all whacked out of our minds. My husband says, let's go out to dinner. Everybody's like, woo, we're going to go out to dinner. And he says to me, where would you like to go? And I say, "Mm, how about that new Thai place on the corner? And what does he say? Nah. Have you been there? How many have been there? Where would you like to go? Nah. Okay. Oh, how about that new wood fire pizza place? That sounds fabulous. And what does he say? Nah. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. I say one other place. And what does he say? Nah. Okay. So you guys, interestingly enough, I said to him, why do we always have to go where you want to go? It's a very classic conversation. If you haven't seen this, you will experience it at some point in your life. (laughs) And what does he say? Well, why wouldn't I want to go where I want to go? (laughs) And I go, well, how do I get to go where I want to go? He goes, will you stop asking me where I want to go? Really? Stop asking. I'm like, I'm not asking you. I've told you three different places. He goes, oh, no, you haven't. You've been asking me where I want to go. Was I asking him where he wanted to go? Yes, I was. I was saying, how about this? And he was thinking to himself, nah, don't really want to go there. Okay, so I said, well, what do I really need to do? He goes, you tell me where you want to go. I said, all right, get off at the next exit. I want to go to Buca de Beppo. He's like, all right, and off we went. Now, this is a critical story for all of you going out in the workplace. Fast forward maybe the next week, I'm at a big meeting, and I say something like, how about this? And I'm offering something that's critical to my organization. 
And what might someone say? Nah. Because they aren't even hearing it. They're thinking I'm stating it as a question, not something that's an imperative to do for the organization. So you guys use powerful language. Now, let me just ask you to do something real quick for me. So everybody, real quick, draw me a rock. Draw a rock, please. I need rocks really fast. Come on, draw me a rock. I'll put my glasses on so I can see the rock. Terrible. Looks like a potato. Oh, my gosh. Worst rock ever. Okay, come on. I want to see some rock. Ooh, that's much closer. I might promote you. What is that? Is that your rock? It's an oval. Oh, appalling. No, looks like a potato. Okay, so you guys, how many of you has this ever happened? Someone tells you on Friday to draw them a rock. You spend all weekend drawing that rock. You miss all sorts of fun things. And what do you hear on Monday when you show them your rock? That is not the rock I wanted. Absolutely critical for you as self-leaders. You lead in context of self, getting what you need from your organization. Someone says, draw me a rock. What are you going to say? Read this line. That one. Everyone. What does a... Good job, look like. Say it again, because you need to say this 20 times in your first year. Draw me a rock. What does a good job look like? One more time with feeling. What does a good job look like? Very nice, because if you don't have that, you can spend all your life drawing rocks for people that are not right. All I wanted was a circle. That was it, just one of those really pretty ones that you can get on the beach out here in Santa Barbara, because I want to go skip with it. All right, very important. I think we should use powerful language. So as leading self, you need to get what you want. Leading others, you're inspiring teaching, but now you want to share what a good job looks like. If you're leading someone and you say, I need you to draw me a rock, here's what a good job looks like. I have to say, the leaders that do this, it's incredible the difference in the opportunity it is for people to do their best work. All right, love that. So the final E is education. So what I've seen from people who people want to be around are that they're always learning, always learning. And then you know what else? They're always wanting to share their learning with other people. I believe that this is one of the greatest secrets for you to understand. So anybody willing to read that for us? Thank you. In a world of change, the learners shall inherit the earth, while the learned will find themselves perfectly suited for a world that no longer exists. So should you always be learning? Absolutely. Or you will find yourself perfectly suited for a world that No no longer exists. So really think, as you go forward in your careers, what can you do to learn to do what you need to do. Now, you had Kirsty Spragan teach here, right, last year about this time. So one of the neat things about her that I just love, and I used her as an example in my Brilliance by Design book, because she said she went from top real estate agent to I'm going to be a speaker. But she didn't just quit that day. She spent a year What do I need to learn to do this? Watching the best speakers in the world, having a speech coach, practicing speaking. So remember, you guys, first thing, when someone says to do something, think to yourself, what do I need to learn to be able to do it? Don't just start doing it. 
That's where I think we set ourselves up to fail. Really think, who knows something about this that I can leverage? And then what's interesting, organizationally speaking, is it's the same thing. The same thing for you when you're leaders is that you, some, you know, someone goes, we're having a problem with the, this line. You know what I mean? Like production's going slow on this line. So people do what typically? Bring everyone together and say, what can we do? And everyone just starts talking and giving their ideas. Don't do that. Do what's called action learning. Say, okay, we have this problem. What do we need to get smart about to solve this problem? And you send the team of however many people out to do what? Get smart. Then they come back to meeting number two, and what do they do? They share all of their great ideas in that meeting. And all of a sudden, everyone's getting smarter from everyone. Then you decide, do we need another round of this, or are we more equipped now to solve the problem? But remember, that's a secret that you guys know that a lot of people don't know. It's called action learning. And when you hear action learning, it means, what do we need to get smart at to solve this problem? So you guys, when I wrote Brilliance by Design, what I was so sad about, and I just want you to make sure this doesn't happen with you, I I would teach at a lot of amazing places, and I would walk by their conference rooms, and I'd see them having meetings. And what did people look like in those meetings? Or maybe I'd walk by a training room and watch somebody training. And what did the people look like in the room? I mean, we're talking like they looked like they were about to flip off their chairs. Okay, very critical is the role of education. But a few tips for today that I just want you to remember as I close. One, when you're meeting people, it's not if they're smart, it's how are they smart. That should be the question on the tip of your tongue when you're meeting people. What do you know that I don't know? My cab driver last week, an electrical engineer, he helped create one of the first jet engines. Fascinating guy. I asked him, what do you know that I don't know? And he started teaching me about jet engines. It was pretty cool rather than just sitting there like, you know, in a catatonic state. So now as you're networking with people, what are you going to wonder? What do you know that I don't know? That's going to make you much more entertaining at the party also. The other thing I want you to think about is as you're running meetings, flip the meeting to them. Okay, so send stuff out early and have people teaching. The one that's doing the teaching is doing the learning. If you're running a meeting, what can I do to have every single person have a role in teaching at this meeting? Because if you're standing up there talking away, people might even be looking right at you. And do you know what that's called when they're looking right at you, like I am Ryan right now? That's called ocular lock. If people are looking at you like that, what's going on in their head? I need spaghetti sauce. Oh my gosh, it's Rick's birthday in a week and I don't have a present. But they're like that. And they might even follow you like that. But no, if you have that glazed over look, you have lost them. So just like tonight, have people doing activities. Get them engaged. Go to my website. There's a really fun little movie that you can watch that teaches you this. And the critical nature of this for you guys, leveraging the power of people, is there's nothing that leverages and elevates people so much as learning. People love to learn. They feel fueled by learning. They take their game to the next level from learning. And it's up to you to be someone who is constantly searching for how you can learn and how you can help others learn. All right, so there we go. People, 
Think about that. Look at that. And now as you look at these words, I want you to think, hmm, what is the one thing from today's learning I want to do differently? So as a result of being here tonight, write the one thing that you're going to do by when. Maybe you're going to start a happiness journal. Maybe you're going to learn something that's going to help you do what you want to do. What do you maybe want to persist at that you feel like you sort of were about to let go, but now you're thinking who versus what? So write your intention. Okay, because a spoken intention is much better than just a written intention, would you turn to your partner and tell him what you're going to do by when? Ready, go. What are you going to do by when? One thing. was to really help you be the one. So often we go to work, we're hoping someone else is going to be the one. I want all of you to be the one. Be the one that inspires people to do what they're capable of doing, that inspire yourself to do what you're capable of doing. Go out there, lead, take care of people, and I want you to, from today forward, and when you wake up every morning, want you to be thinking about... Please hold... Wait a minute. There we go. Ready? Everyone stand up and sing it. Every day you're going to say this. Come on. Get up. Get up. Get up. Woo. Woo. <laughs> I love it. Thank You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.